everybody, and welcome to another edition of the EPL Weekly Podcast. Uh, again, I'm still going around to clubs uh, pre-season, and today I've landed with Arsenal. Delighted to say, oh, for a second appearance, he appeared in the pod for uh, our Brazilian pods uh, last week. We have back Tim Stillman. Tim, very welcome back. How are you today? My pleasure. Very, very good. Thank you. A bit more of a maybe a painful pod for you. The last one's like a little <laughs> bit more pleasurable than than this one. Listen, you know, obviously Arsenal fallen out of the top four for the first time in a very, very, very long time um, last mm. season. How badly do you think that this will impact uh, this season coming? Obviously, you know, it's a new world for you. Mm. It's, you know, all the, like I'm a Liverpool supporter and, you know, we used to laugh. You know, the one sure thing you can rely on is Arsenal being fourth. And that, mm. and that sort of concrete fixture has, has gone. How much of an mm. effect has that had on the fan base and so on, Tim? Um, actually, not a massive one. I think um, I think had it happened five or six years ago, when you know money was a little bit tighter, it might have had a much bigger effect um, on the club. And so I think there's an there's a kind of a feeling that actually it's not as important now as it once was, both for Arsenal and for other Premier League clubs. Also, um, I think people had kind of got a bit bored of this Arsenal finishing just inside the top four kind of thing. A lot of people are looking forward to the Europa League. It's something a bit different. Um, we've been in the Champions League for years. We're, we're not going to win it. We're not in a position to win it. Um, maybe we were with the kind of invincible squad and shortly after that. Now, football's changed so much that basically it was we were just existing in that competition. I think people, some people are looking forward to the idea of playing in a competition that we could actually conceivably win um, or at least have some designs on winning. There's no denying that a lot of fans also just think, do you know what, let's just completely write it off, play the reserves and um, have a really good go at the Premier League, particularly because of what's happened in the last couple of years with teams like Leicester and Chelsea winning the league with no European distraction. I think a lot of Arsenal fans are looking at that and thinking, do you know what, let, let's remove the distraction, not even consider it um, and see if we can have a go at winning the league. So. I, I think it's been in the post long enough that it hasn't in itself caused too many eruptions in the fan base. Um, but uh, at the same time, there's there's no denying that if you gave people the choice, they'd, they'd probably sooner be in than out of the Champions League. No, it's curious to hear you speak like that because you know, obviously two years ago, you know, Liverpool went all the way to the final and, and, and we lost it, sadly. But you know, th- there was that, that sort of same ad to, to hell with it. You know, let's let's just concentrate mm. in the league. But as it goes along, Tim, like I, I was yeah. one of them. I, I was all in. Let's 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 work on the league. Let's work on the league. You do get sucked into it, and the further you go mm. in it, then the desire comes to win it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously, the Champions League spot is a wonderful, like it's, it's a wonderful uh, carrot dangling for you there. And mm. you know, obviously, we saw like honestly, not a great United side, but certainly not for by United standards go the mm. distance last season. So, you know, I think from, from an Arsenal's point of view, again, a trophy's a, a great stabiliser at any club um, mm. and, and every opportunity to lift one. And there's so many clubs, you know, at the minute who, who, who have that philosophy, you know, we need a trophy. And I've spoken to so many fans who are saying, you know, this club needs a trophy. Again, I think, I think some people are very much of that mind. Um, and also because, you know, with Arsenal, for example, we, we don't have a, a big European culture, as it were, as, you know, a club like Liverpool and Manchester United do, who are used to competing for and winning European trophies and being in finals and, you know, famous European nights. 
Arsenal don't really have that in their history. We've, you know, we've only picked up two European trophies. Uh, we've not picked up the big one. So it doesn't quite have the same um, kind of gravitas with us. But my view on it would basically be, let's get through the group stages. We should be able to go through the group stages without, you know, with playing like a, a reasonable side, but perhaps resting players. Uh, and then just see where you are in February when the knockouts come around. If we're in the title race or, and still in the FA Cup, you know, maybe we can take a view that it's not that important. If we're not, then you're right. Then I say, go for it. Get swept up. Uh, get caught up uh, in it. And, and perhaps go some way to kind of creating that culture at the club where, you know, European success is attainable. And we've, we've seen teams do that, like team like Sevilla, for example, like really create like a culture of winning using the Europa League, um, you know, FC Porto were able to use it as a, as a springboard for the Champions League. So I, I personally, I would take a very pragmatic view um, of it. I would just try and get through the group stages, which we ought to be able to do. And then when the knockouts come, let's, let's reassess things and see where we are. I think, you know, with the FA Cup, for example, we've won, we've won that like three times in the last four years now. So, I, I think because Arsenal have a lot of talent, but they're not a very cohesive team, that they're perhaps that's why they're such a good cup team at the moment. Because, you know, you saw it in this year's FA Cup on the day against Man City and against Chelsea at Wembley. On the day, we have the individuals to pull something out when we absolutely have to. Um, and it's the sort of performance you saw a lot when Arsenal really were kind of looking like they were going to drop away from fourth place and they put in a performance towards the end of the season. And we've seen that in the FA Cup um, over the last couple of seasons. So I think there's an argument that Arsenal are probably, because they're not a very cohesive team, not really in a position to win the league, but um, are probably set up to be quite a good cup team. No, and I've seen a couple of Arsenal fans on Twitter sort of suggesting that, you know, a year out of the Champions League and a chance to sort of consolidate might not be a bad thing. But then mm. I, I can throw my own experience into it. You know, when we dropped out in 2009, we've been back, well, it was the second time since then. You know, it, it, I think if you can get straight back in, it's one thing. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it, this this could potentially be a, a dangerous season for you. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, as much as, you know, people like me, because I, I travel to, you know, the European away games and, you know, it's it's first world problems. But, like, honestly, but like Barcelona and Munich are lovely cities, um, but I don't want to go to them again <laughs> this year. So I'm, I'm kind of looking Synonymous forward to that. Synonymous with heartbreak, really, I think is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, you know, so I'm really looking forward to some of the kind of perhaps more obscure European aways and things like that. But, yeah, you're right. We have to be very clear that this is going to be a one-year thing because you're right. Otherwise, you know, talking about creating culture, you can create um, a culture where the Europa League becomes, you know, your culture. It becomes your norm. Um, and, you know, we really don't want that, and particularly because we've got so many players going into the last year of their contracts this year. Um, and whether we lose them this summer or next summer, we're staring down the barrel of having to replace players like Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Ozil. And that's going to be much, much more difficult if we're seen as a Europa League team. Yeah, and it's very, very similar to what Liverpool faced, Tim, to be honest. But before we get into those players, I'd just like to touch on Arsene Wenger a little bit, a little bit because there there has been some, well, not some, a lot of disquiet over the, the course of the last season. You know, he signed up for a new contract. You've got him for another two years. You know, pre-pod, you're suggesting you expect him to see that contract out. 
is he, is he in for an uncomfortable season again, Tim, or or can he can he right the ship? Do you think what 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 will it take to keep him right? I I think it could be another uncomfortable one because I think it might be quite similar. Um, if you look at Arsenal's points totals over the last kind of ten to fifteen years, uh, well, more the last kind of ten, it's absolutely amazing the consistency. Basically, Arsene Wenger does exactly the same thing every single year. It's just the teams around change. So actually last season, I think we got more points last season in fifth than we did the season before in second, only by a point or two. But effectively, we get mid-70s points total every single year. In some years, that gets you second, third, fourth. Some years, it gets you fifth. And last year, it got us fifth. And to, to be honest, I don't really see that changing um, at the moment. The, the squad's pretty much the same at the moment. I think Lacazette could be a good signing, but there's, there's so much up in the air at the moment. And I think the problem we've got, we've got four or five you know, first-team players with one year left on their deals. And at the moment, it looks like we're kind of prepared to let them run them down, which, you know, in the short term, that gives us some stability for the season. But then potentially, next summer, we've got you know, Arsene Wenger will go into the last year of his contracts having to replace four or five players who've left for nothing. And and as those situations will rumble on, if if you know the likes of Alexis and Ozil don't commit to new contracts, then that kind of speculation is going to keep going and going. So to be honest with you, unless Arsenal are, you know, flying and top of the league and challenging for, for the title... Um, I do think it might be another difficult one for him, um, not least because, you know, a lot of fans are just kind of at the end of their patience and every single defeat and probably most draws will be treated like disasters because that's just where we're at um, at the moment. That's how it's been for the last few years and that's how it's going to be until Arsene Wenger leaves, I think. Yeah, but you, you must draw a bit of hope now. Obviously, you know we're we're, we're halfway through the the window. A lot can still happen. And we do expect a lot to happen, but you know, outside of Chelsea, Tottenham haven't signed anyone. Uh, they're playing all their games at Wembley, which you know I, I spoke to Dan Tracy last week, and and that's a concern for them. You know, Liverpool are Liverpool are faffing about. I don't know what they're doing. Um, there's a couple of teams. You know, even you just mentioned uh, Tottenham and Liverpool in that. There's a couple of teams in that top four that potentially sitting today on the 31st of July could be got at for Arsenal in, in their current position. You know, Lacazette is, a, is a, a player that our fans wanted for, oh, for the last four years and, and Arsenal have managed to get him. And it could be, you know, if you hold on to the likes of Sanchez's supply to him and whatnot, could work out very, very well for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I actually, um, in terms of getting back into the top four, I'm, I'm actually quite optimistic. Um, Largely because of the Tottenham thing. I think Tottenham not playing at White Hart Lane is is such a big handicap for them um, and their style of play. I think that White Hart Lane is just an absolute fortress for them. The pitch at Wembley is a little bit bigger. It's a little less familiar. Um, and we've, we've seen what's happened to them playing at Wembley over the last couple of years. They've been like a different team. So I can see e- even just them... Um, that would be enough, I think, unless someone like Everton had a really strong season, would be enough. Um, and yeah, you know, Liverpool are going to be playing Champions League football this year, so they're going to be playing um, a few more games compared to last year. So, uh, in that respect, um, I, I think we can get back into the top four, particularly if we keep uh, the aforementioned players. 
Um, I'm not sure that will be enough to keep the fan base happy, though. I think only I think only winning the league would actually make a lot of people kind of happy again. To be honest with you, and and I'm not sure I see that. I think Arsenal got quite a lot of problems in midfield still, and um, it's it's the one area I look at and think, yeah, I, I don't think got anyone at the moment that can really sort that out we're going to have to go and buy someone effectively to replace Santi Cazorla who probably isn't going to be able to play for us anymore so I you know I, I think we've got a little bit of dysfunction ourselves um but go, but going forward I, I'm I'm very positive about kind of Ozil Alexis and Lacazette as a kind of front three I think that's formidable um, you know, obviously, you mentioned you know you have, you have five players there on on the final year of the contract, Ozil and Sanchez. You mentioned who, who else are you in, in danger of losing um, come the next season? Well, at the moment, Oxlade Chamberlain has uh, one year to go on his contract, and there seems to be a bit of a deadlock there because the club are adamant they're going to keep him. Um, Chamberlain doesn't seem in any massive rush to go. Um, the, the thing is with Chamberlain is. He's a really good kind of high-level utility player. He can play a few different positions, different formations, and I really like him because of that. I think he's really useful. The thing is, he's at a stage of his career, quite understandably, where he wants a bit more than that, and the the kind of noises are he wants to go and play central midfield somewhere. Um, But I I don't really see him there, not for a club like Arsenal. I think if he wants to do that, he's going to have to take a step down. But I'm not sure how willing he is to do that either. It's all a bit... um, Moon on a stick. Wants he wants to go to obviously wants to stay at the at least at the level he's at now with a club like Arsenal, but he wants to go and play central midfield every week, and I don't think he's going to get that unless he goes to a mid-table club. So that's another one. And to be honest, I don't as much as I like him, I don't understand why we don't just sell him, take the money because. He's not indispensable. And, no, we've and, offered stupid money for him. I think, uh, Tim. I think we offered something like forty million. And you know, Arsenal have given us the the, the story of our transfer window. He's not for sale, uh, which is getting quite wearing from my point of view. But but you can understand uh, if the if, if this if, if this is the philosophy. And you know, I did mention to you pre pod. You know, maybe if by by February things have changed and things are, are brighter on the horizon for Arsenal, they, there might be a change of heart from these players and you might be able to keep them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that, you know, that, that's quite possible. I think um, the other thing is as well at the, at the moment, what we've seen it more in the last 10 years anyway, but with the kind of TV money boom, I think you are going to see a lot more players going to other Premier League. I think, you know, Matic going from Chelsea to United is another one because Basically, clubs outside the Premier League can't afford their wages. So we're in this really weird situation where clubs don't want to sell their players to rivals and strengthen them. But at the same time, no one else other than their rivals can afford to take them on on the present salaries. So personally, someone like Chamberlain, I like. I'd sell him for 30 million or so and go and try and buy like a really good central midfield player with that money. Um, I, I like him. He's good. I don't think he's so good that, you know, Alexis, yeah, he's so good that we can't replace him. We're, we're not going to be able to buy someone at that level or better. And if he's not going to kick up a fuss, I'd be happy to keep him and lose him on a free um, next year. Chamberlain is not in that bracket. So, I mean, someone like him, if, if you know, and there's no animosity like on, on my part or anyone else's, I don't think. It's just sometimes... A club and a player arrive at crossroads and the best thing is for them to to go their separate ways. And I think that's probably what's happened here um, with someone like Chamberlain. But 
that said, you're right, a lot can change in a season. And, you know, if Arsenal show signs of really pushing on and challenging some of these players, you know, they, 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 might, they might have their minds changed. I don't think Alexis Sanchez will. I think I, I would be absolutely shocked and amazed if he signed a new contract. Someone like Ozil, uh, the noises are more positive around him. Uh, you know, the likes of Chamberlain, Wilshere's got a year to go as well. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, and then there are some players with a year to go that, that we're actively trying to get rid of. Um, so I, I think we probably will at some point. But yeah, it, it makes the, it still, it just means that as we sit here, say July 31st, there's still so much that's up in the air and, and that needs doing. Well, one thing that isn't up in the air, and, and you've managed to, to sign Lacazette, as I say, a player that I know Liverpool fans have salivated over for years. Uh, what is, what's been the reception to that amongst the Arsenal fan base? I take it, it's, it you're, you're pretty excited by it. Yeah, l- largely that's it. There, there's a, there are a few kind of doubts because it feels like we could have got Lacazette any summer over the last kind of three years or so if we really wanted him. And the kind of the story behind this really is that Arsenal have been throwing money at big strikers for years now and not been getting them. Um, you know, they tried for Benzema, they tried for Suarez, they tried for Higuain. You know, they, they've been trying to go big on a striker for a while because it's, it's an area where we could have done with an upgrade. And it and you know this summer we we're even talking about you know Mbappe at the beginning of this summer we've been going for players like that, so to an extent it does feel a little bit like we've kind of settled on Lacazette. But that said, um, to be quite honest, I I think at Arsenal you don't have to be a world class striker to score goals. I think if you're a very good striker, you will score 25 to 30 goals for Arsenal. Um, Olivier Giroud is a good striker. He's not world class. He's good. He doesn't really suit our style of play, but he still scores 20 goals a season quite handily. So I think someone like Lacazette, and we look much better with that type of striker, someone who's a bit more mobile, likes to run in off the shoulder, create space for others. You know, we, we look better with Danny Welbeck up front than we do with Giroud up front. And that's not necessarily because Welbeck's better than Giroud. It's just he fits our style better. So if Lacazette is just proves to be a Danny Welbeck that can score goals, I think he'll do very well. And, you know, with the formation we're playing at the moment, he's going to have Alexis and Ozil behind him. Um, and quite frankly, I think most strikers... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If, if he can't produce um, with that behind him, then... You know, he he really will be <laughs> quite the waste of money. But and he's you know he's he seems to be at a good point in his career. I think he's 25, 26 now. He's done it for the last few years at Lyon now, and it seemed like you know the move was there for him. It almost happened last summer, and um, I think the interesting thing is that it nearly happened between Lacazette and Arsenal last summer. It didn't. Arsenal didn't quite want to pay the money that Lyon. Were demanding, and Lacazette's response to that was was actually very encouraging. He went away and he kind of said, "Do you know what? I'm going to do another season where I score 30 goals, and I'm going to show them I'm worth it." So it kind of looks like he's come to the stage of his career where he thinks he's ready for this. He's convinced Arsenal, and um, I, I'm I'm quite excited by him. I you know I don't necessarily think you know he is or maybe even will be like you know the next Thierry Henry or anything, but I don't think he really has to be. We need we needed a striker like that for a long time, and and now we've got him in. 
I really hope we can just kind of settle him down. He'll be the main man. He'll start mostly games he's fit for. Um, and if we can just really settle in, settle him in nice and quickly, I, I think this will this will go quite. Yeah, and, and the settling in period, you know, look, absolutely no disrespect to the French league, but you know, the Premier League certainly isn't the best league in the world. But it does sort of constitute. It's a different type of game, number one, and it's a different challenge for him. Do do you see with his attribute set that that that, that he, you know, obviously, look, we, we've seen Arsene Wenger bring French players and them flourish at Arsenal. Uh, that that's not in question. Um, you know, some can take a little longer than others, and we we know when moving league and the upheaval of the movement can sometimes have a a sort of little knock on effect for a couple of months. D- do you expect Lacazette and his quality to, to to hit the ground running? So I, I think Arsene Wenger said this week it might take him a month or two, which, which I can see. I'm not expecting him, you know, not to score for the first couple of months. I think you know he'll probably score a few goals, but be finding his feet a little bit still, but. I expect after that, like I say, with guys like Alexis and Ozil behind him, um, I think he should be able to adjust pretty quickly. Um, and I think when you put that kind of money down, you kind of expect, if not to hit the ground running, to hit it pretty quickly. I think he will do. I think um, it might take him you know, a few games to get used to the Premier League, to get used to the defenders and to get used to his teammates and for his teammates to get used to him. Um, fairly crucially because I think what we've got in Lacazette that we've not had for a while in a striker um, is this guy's just a pure finisher um, he doesn't do an awful lot else I think his link-up play looks from the little I've seen reasonable but this guy is just a pure finisher he's not Olivier Giroud who's going to hold the ball up and knock it down he's not Danny Welbeck that's going to like press you know press defenders and Harry people into mistakes. You know, the, the likes of Giroud and Welbeck that we've been playing with are a very definite part of our build-up play, whereas I think Lacazette is just going to be a pure finisher. And I think that might take a little while, if not for him to get used to, for his teammates to get used to, because they're used to the striker being the focal point and not just the goal scorer. But I think that Lacazette is just going to be the goal scorer. So that might be where the adjustment is. In terms of him kind of settling in, I, I don't think that will take too long. I don't think the defending in the Premier League is is, is so, so good that it will be a massive shock um, to him. So I think a couple of months and he'll be fine. I don't think defending in any league is particularly good at the minute. No, no. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, you mentioned Giroud there, who, you know, has been touted around clubs as, you know, a potential mover. Do you see that happening, or do you see Arsenal holding? It? He's a player who defies logic for me. At times, I, I look at him, and go, "How, how are you doing that?" And, and his, his return rate, his scoring rate, is excellent for you. Uh, can't be doubted. Is that the player that you hold on to and, and keep on the bench, or do you think you will see him go? Will he not be happy to sit on the bench? This is a really interesting one because I've got absolutely no doubt that Arsenal's will is for him to stay. He signed a new contract in January, I think. Um, and, you know, Giroud, he doesn't really suit the way we play. He kind of forces us into a style that doesn't really suit us. But as a kind of plan B, I, I don't think there are many better in the league for that kind of, it's twenty minute, there's 20 minutes to go and we need a goal. And uh, his record from scoring from the bench is brilliant and very, like he's a specialist, right? So he's a really certain type of striker. And there actually aren't many of him around anymore. Um, which is amazing because 20 years ago, um, all strikers were target men. And now, actually, there's not that many around when you look around the Premier League. 
And so he's a very definite star and he's such a big asset to Arsenal because of that, because he can come off the bench, because he's a real fighter um, as well, Giroud. He's been written off so many times in his Arsenal career, but he pushes and he fights back and he fights his way back into the team and he pushes. If anyone gets in ahead of them, uh, ahead of him, he pushes them all the way and he's a really good character to have around. So I think Arsenal's desire will be to keep him. I think most Arsenal fans really want to keep him. I, I think the issue here is the player himself. I think he recognises that when you spend £50 million on a striker, it's because he's going to play. And, you know, this is a World Cup year. Giroud's turning 31 in September. At the moment, he has the number nine shirt for France going towards the World Cup. And I think if there's any desire to move, it's on his part because he wants to play and he wants to keep hold of that shirt for France, not least because Arsenal have just signed someone who's trying to take it off him. So I, I think this is quite an interesting one. I wouldn't be, if if Arsenal definitely managed to keep Alexis, we've got quite a lot of forwards on the books. And, you know, you, you could make a case that one of them could go. Personally, I'd prefer for Walcott to go than Giroud because I think, his skill set is replicated elsewhere, but the, the player himself might kind of agitate for it, and I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't blame him for that. Um, fair play to him if he wants to go and play every week. I would absolutely accept any squad player that leaves Arsenal because they want to go and play. Absolutely fair play. It's the, the the kind of guys you want around, really, and and Arsenal loves him. Um, we know that much, but. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a deal to be done here, reluctantly on our part. Well, listen, I, I'm go- I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Sanchez and Ozil because, you know, the press have, have been having a field there, especially with Sanchez more. Um, you know, he's agitating for a move and so on. Arsenal seem quite reluctant to sell and, and very definite, in fact, they won't sell. You know, you mentioned the rolling down of contracts. Uh, you know, just what, what, what's your opinion on those two? Do you feel that, obviously, Sanchez, that there seems to be an appetite to go away? Also, I haven't heard so much about. So what do you think? So I think Sanchez absolutely will not sign a new contract. And I think Arsenal are, are, are very much aware of that. He will not commit to a new deal. But what Arsenal are doing, I think fairly cleverly, is they're being very bullish publicly and saying, no, nope, we'll lose him for free next year. We don't care. We're keeping him. Decisions made. So what they're effectively doing is they're really putting it in Sanchez's court. They're basically saying, look, if you want to go this summer, you're, you're going to have to be a bit of a bastard, um, a bit like Van Persie was. Um, you know, you're going to have to force this. You're going to have to do the newspaper interview. You're going to have to do the I hate, you know, my Arsenal hell headlines and all of that. You're, you're really going to have to push this. And if you do that, everyone's going to know that it was you and not us that decided to sell you. So. Arsenal have kind of played a smart hand here. I don't know what I think will happen um, as we speak. He's flying back from Chile tonight to start training again. There's slight wobble in that he kind of he was meant to come back to training on Sunday, but apparently had the flu, and he posted this quite pathetic Instagram picture of himself looking all sad faced, saying he was ill. Was the dog with him? Um, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And um, and you know that's not very Sanchez like. To, to call in sick. Um, in fact, Arsenal have had problems with him because he won't take time off. He plays for um, the Chile national team injured as well. Yeah, be added. yeah. Well, he's he's turned up on days. He's, he's annoyed uh, people at the club as well by turning up when we've given him days off and turning up demanding extra training and stuff. So him kind of calling in sick, it, I, you know, maybe reading too much into it, 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 
feels a little bit like maybe the first kind of hint of him playing up and trying to force the move. I don't know. But I mean, I, I think the club are right in their stance. I, I would keep him till next year. We're not going to be able to replace him. Um, you know, he scored 30 goals last season and had 14 assists. So he's a scorer and a creator all in one. And, you know, we, we can't buy one of those on the market, um, no matter how much money we've got, unless we want to activate Neymar's release clause as well and see what happens there. Um, other, you know, otherwise, for a club like Arsenal, a player like Sanchez just isn't going to be available to them. So I'm all for keeping him till he's 30, send him to the World Cup next summer, another summer tournament, he'll be pushing 30 and he'll be a bit knackered and he might fall off a cliff anyway. And if he gets us back into the Champions League, he's kind of paid for himself. Um, but whether there'll be developments, I think will be down to him if he's willing to push. And uh, we, we don't really know the answer to that yet. With Ozil, Ozil's a really weird one because he seems more, there are more positive noises around him. He seems more in open to the idea of committing to Arsenal but as yet there's no contract signed so and you know it does seem odd that we would let two really valuable players like that both go on freeze next summer um, but m most people are still fairly confident that Ozil will sign but I, you know I'm still, while, while the contract remains unsigned I'm, I'm not so sure so it's really, really interesting. Um, I think Ozil will definitely be an Arsenal player on September the 1st. Um, and maybe he'll agree a new contract after that once he's really, really got the leverage and he's really got the club over a barrel. With Alexis, I don't doubt that the club want to keep him. But I think Arsenal have just, they've just played quite a smart hand. They've just basically said, look, we're not open to selling you. So unless you force this, that's that. And, and it's just a case now to wait and see whether he does try and do that. So, it's yeah, it's, there, there's quite a lot of uncertainty around both of them, but certainly more Sanchez than Ozil, which is weird because they're in the same position. Yeah, and well, I say Sanchez is just, to me, is a class apart. You know, his attitude, you can't buy that attitude anywhere in the world today. He's just, he's just a winner. And that's I've described him as that as many occasions. He's just a pure winner. But listen, you, you mentioned Ozil being, um, you know, a, an Arsenal player on September first. Who else do you see being an Arsenal player on September first? You, you, you sort of intimated to me that there, there might be some more moves ahead for Arsenal. What's in the What's in the pipeline, Tim? It sounds like we're still very much on the case with uh, Thomas Lamar from Monaco, and so you know we've made a few bids and they've all been turned down. And obviously, the difficulty with that deal at the moment is Monaco have lost quite a few players and they've got quite a lot of money, so they're less inclined to sell and they don't really need the cash. Again, that might be down to if the player kind of forces it, but that's, that's still ongoing. Um, I think Arsenal really need a central midfield player. You know, Santi Cazorla has been, if not one of possibly the most important player to Arsenal over the last five years. And I think unfortunately we've come to a stage where he might be, where he might be finished with his Achilles injuries. And, you know, Ramsey and Jacker together looks looks fairly promising, particularly with the back three behind it. They they look quite good. But Ramsey's still very injury prone. Xhaka's still prone to um, a red card or two. So it's difficult to believe that they'll be able to play an entire season uninterrupted together. I think Arsenal and, and midfield was our biggest issue last year. We just couldn't find 
a partnership that really worked once um, once Kazola was injured, and it was that was a problem the season before as well. Both seasons we've lost Kazola quite early and just not been able to replace him. So I think realistically now we need to we need to replace him appropriately with a player on that kind of level who can do that kind of job, which is not very easy because you know is a top player with a unique skill set, but. Um, if Arsenal are talking about winning the league, I think they've really, really got to go quite big um, on a central midfield player. I'd be very surprised if they didn't um, at this stage, but maybe a bit later in the window. But the Lamar thing, it's, it's gone a little bit quiet, but it sounds like we're still on the case. So I still wouldn't be too surprised to see that go through. But a lot of it will depend on, on who leaves between now and September 1st. It's been a bizarre transfer window. I think it's the best way of describing it so far. You know, City and Chelsea have done a bit of business, but you know the the rest of the sort of top clubs. You know, Everton have, have done business, but they've done so much business. I would worry about them sort of gelling. Um, in, in the early part of the season, it'll take them a while to find a rhythm. I think, and and could over you know could basically cost them you know challenging for 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 the the, the higher end. If if we look at it, Tim, you know, sitting today, your expectations for the season, obviously. First priority is to get back into that top four, but beyond that, cup competitions and so on. What what do you feel is important? What where, where do you feel that the, the the main focus should be for the season for Arsenal? Absolutely, has to be the Premier League. You know, like I say, we've won a few FA Cups now, and, and they were brilliant. Each of them, um, you know, I the romantic in me would really like us to win the Europa League and win a European trophy for the first time in a long time. But I mean, it absolutely has to be the Premier League. I think most Arsenal fans are realistic enough to accept that the Champions League, you know, winning the Champions League, for example, you know, when we're in it, bar a miracle, is just not really attainable anymore. But the Premier League is, um, and the Premier League, there's nobody dominating it at the moment. It's swapping hands quite a lot. It feels like time now. It feels like, you know, it's been 13 years. We've done the stadium thing now. We're free of the stadium debt. The, The kind of financial gap to... The, the, the oil clubs, as it were. I mean, it's still big, but we've got enough money now that it's not as big a problem as it used to be. So it's not as much of a reason as it was a couple of years ago. It really feels like time to at least have a proper challenge for the Premier League, because this is the other thing as well. We, you know, we, we've not won it in 13 years. We, we've not really gone that, you know, we've not really had, you know, like the season Liverpool had a couple of years ago in 2014, where they... They, you know, going into April and May, you know, you're yeah, watching the challenge your team. was there. There was a cha- there was yeah. actually a challenge, even though there was banana skins along the way, which proved to be correct. Yeah. But there were challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And, with, and you with get Arsenal, those. With Arsenal, Tim, would it be correct in saying, you know, you, you finished uh, second the season before last, but it mm. wasn't really a challenge? It wasn't, no. And, and in fact, we really hilariously kind of nicked second off of Tottenham on the last day. But you're right, it, it wasn't, it never felt like. A challenge. It really felt like it was over in March, and I think at least for Arsenal to be in that picture, kind of you know, end of April, beginning of May, going into games, when you're doing that thing where you watch your game and then you watch the game of like your title rivals and you cheer for whoever's playing against them as much as you cheer for your own team, um, and you know those games have that massive significance. It feels like a long time since we've had that, and um, I think Arsene Wenger is very very uh, kind of straightforward about this as well he's he was he said at some point over the summer 
he was kind of asked about how he'd approach the Europa League. And he said something like the Premier League's bigger than the Champions League um, now in terms of its importance and its priority. And, and yeah, I, I think that's, you know, we, we've done the, you know, we've got the trophy thing, like we've got the kind of the trophy drought done and emphatically over with, with those three FA Cups. It, it feels like time to win, to win the, a big one uh, or sorry, a bigger one now. And really the only bigger one is, is the league title. You wouldn't consider the Europa League if you, if, if you came, you know, at the end of the season. You've the Europa League in the bag, and maybe maybe got your top four. I take it as Dreamland. I'd be delighted with that personally. I think a lot of people would be happy. You know, that no nobody would look that gift horse in the mouth and be particularly miserable about that. Um, but I I think the one and only thing that the Arsenal fan base is actually united about at the moment is that winning the league again is is like the big priority. Even like the last few years when we've been in the Champions League, you know, I know loads of people who are just saying, I, I don't care about that. I, I want to win the Premier League again. And um, and it, it kind of feels like, it feels like it's been time for the last few years now. And that, and that really, you know, it feels like everyone else has kind of had their turn almost. Of at least going for it and being involved. And it kind of feels like we're, always just kind of looking in on, on that scenario. So um, at the very least, like a, a title challenge would be great. Yeah, well, as I say, you're winning it, I'm, I'm pushing 30 years since the last time. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll excuse me for not having much sympathy for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, fair enough. <laughs> but listen, to, listen, thank you so much for your time today. A fascinating chat, and hopefully you'll you'll come back and, and during the season we'll be able to talk some more Arsenal. But in, in the meantime, where can we find you? What are you working on? I know you, you, you work for Arsblog there, who, who's a fantastic yeah. website. Um, f- far away with any plugs that you have. Yeah, sure. So you can follow me on Twitter at Stilberto um, because I like Brazilian football as well, which is, explains uh, that kind of handle. But yeah, so I, I write um, a weekly column on the website Arts Blog, which if you're an Arsenal fan, you will know all about. You will not need to tell me to tell you what Ars, what or who Arts Blog is. So um, yeah, that's every Thursday evening. I have a column that goes out on there, uh, always about Arsenal. Well, we had Andrew, who's the head man, Arse blog on a pod there recently. Very, 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 very nice chap. Uh, and and again, if you're an Arsenal fan, if you don't know about them, I, I would I would imagine you're you're very new to following Arsenal. Listen again, just one last thanks to you, Tim, and and hopefully as I say, we we'll get you back during the course of the season for some Brazilian and some Arsenal football. Uh, <laughs> as as it goes, of course. Well. But uh, from my own point of view, usual pods are out there in my life. Um, there's, there's a Portuguese pod coming tomorrow. They're making their premiere. So we're very much looking forward to that. But all the all the pods, Serie A are working on a, pre, a preview pod. La Liga have a pod out there. As I say, we'll continue our roundup of the EPL and so on. All usual shows will be back within the next two or three weeks. Uh, in other words, my life comes to a standstill again. But other than that, just one last thanks to Tim. Thanks to the listener. And until the next one, it's goodbye.